0: Right in uh, into our series in Isaiah, loud and clear. uh, Where you know this particular prophet Isaiah, um, you know the reason I'm calling it loud and clear is because that's kind of was the job of the prophets to just proclaim the word of the Lord to the nation in in as loud and as clear a way as possible that they could. And uh, and so, like I said, we don't have time to go verse by verse through the book of Isaiah. It would would just take us forever. Uh, But I wanted to hit kind of the major themes of Isaiah. And the the one we're going to hit this week is kind of one of my favorite scriptural themes. And it is this idea uh, that, well, the the title of the message this morning is Losing My Religion. And uh, and it's that that idea that God hates religion. And, And it's one of the kind of buzzwords of kind of evangelical Christianity or buzz phrases, I guess I should say, is that it's all about. It's not about religion. It's about relationship. We hear that a lot in church. It's not about religion. It's about relationship, and this is this is true. Um, it, it's absolutely true, and and we emphasize it a lot here. That it, and so so what what has happened over the years is that uh, religion in church has become kind of this dirty word, right? Like we talk about religion uh, in very uh, kind of. Um, uh, um just kind of dark tones it's not something that that we want to flock around this idea of religion so let, let's first look and see what isaiah has to say about this we're going to isaiah chapter one <coughs> pardon me in isaiah chapter one now we started with isaiah's call last week in isaiah chapter six um and you would think that his call would be Isaiah it would be chapter one but but instead it's chapter six and the way that isaiah is laid out is kind of laid out cinematically where where chapters 1 through 5 are kind of a a preview or an overview of everything that's coming in the rest of the book. And so it's kind of like Isaiah 1 through 5 is the trailer for Isaiah. And then uh, Isaiah chapter 6 is his call. And then from chapter 7 through chapter 66, we get the prophecy that God has given him to share with the people. Uh, By the way, 66 books in the Bible, uh, 66 chapters in Isaiah. There are uh, 39 um, uh, books in the Old Testament, 27 books in the New Testament. And there are two major sections of the book of Isaiah, uh, chapters 1 through 39, and then, and then the, ne- the next 27 chapters onward. And so it's just kind of weird parallels how, how the book of Isaiah is laid out and very similarly to uh, just kind of the overall uh, structure of the Bible. Um, so, we're Isaiah chapter 1, I think we're in verse 10. Yeah. All right. Here we go. You guys ready? I gotta get all set. Okay. It's heavy. All right. It says this: Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the teaching of our God, you people of Gomorrah. If you don't know uh, your Bible history, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah was was a, a city, a couple of cities, like twin cities. Uh, that God destroyed uh, back in the book of Genesis because of their wickedness. And so he's comparing uh, the people of Israel now who, you know, who know this is the most wicked cities that ever existed on the planet. Now he's comparing them to Sodom and Gomorrah. Verse 11, what to me, this is, this is kind of the, the crux of everything we're gonna be talking about today. What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord. I've had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of well-fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. Now the whole, you know, Israel's whole religious system was built on, actually handed down, it's not something they came up with, it's handed down by God on this whole sacrificial system. God gave them this whole sacrificial system in order to worship and kind of uh, uh, temporarily atone for their sins and things like that. And and that was handed down to them by God. And now God is saying, I hate your sacrifices. I'm sick of all the blood. I'm sick of you bringing in all the animals. I hate. Your... And, this, and the, you know, that, the whole idea of that came from him, but now he hates it. Verse 12. When you come to appear before me, who has required of you this trampling of my courts? Bring no more vain offerings, incenses, an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and the calling of convocations. I cannot endure iniquity and, sol- and solemn assembly. Your new moon uh, and your appointed feast, my soul hates. They've become a burden to me. I'm weary of bearing them. And when you spread out your hands, excuse me, when you spread out your hands, I'll hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless and plead the widow's cause. So here here, God is saying, I hate all your sacrifices. I'm, I'm, I'm sick to death of your sacrifices. I'm sick to, of you. Just, you know, he's talking about the temple. I'm sick of you coming into my temple, trampling my courts with your with your just meaningless sacrifices. You want, you want to please me? Then this is what I want you to Cease doing evil. Cease doing evil. That's, if that's what you want to please me with. Go ahead. Uh, learn to do good. Seek justice and correct oppression. And, 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 and you know, bring justice to the fatherless and, and, and seek to take care of the widow. And he's like, that. that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. Now, so fast forward then. Uh, now, first of all, before we fast forward, let me, let me give it a little background here. Okay, this whole book and uh, the other prophetic books like it are, you know, major indictments against the nation of Israel. Just major indictments that God is just sick of their wickedness, sick of their idolatry from turning away from him and all that kind of stuff. And if they don't turn back, if is one of the biggest words in the Bible. If is one of the biggest words in the Bible that, that, that when you read through, and I know we've done some reading exercises in the past, you know, where we read the Bible uh, together on our own and, and, uh, and, and, and many of you have commented to me that how difficult the old Testament is for you, because it's just, especially this section, when you get into the prophets because prophets, because it's just all judgment, it's just judgment. God's like, you know, I'm going to destroy everything and just, just all this kind of stuff. But there's always this big word, if. If, but if you'll turn from your wicked ways and turn back to me, then I'll heal your land. Then, then, I'll, then I'll, I'll bring, I'll make everything the way it was meant to be between me and you. If you'll turn from your wicked ways. If is a, such a huge, so, so all of this uh, prophecy, this judge, kind of judging prophecy that goes towards the nation of Israel is because it's not just simply because they were wicked. It goes much, much deeper than that, that all along, you know, again, if you don't know your, your Bible history, the nation of Israel were God's chosen people. God made a covenant with Abraham way back in the book of Genesis and, and said, you know, I'm going to, uh, this was when Abraham and his wife, Sarah were still childless. He said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a child. And from that child is going to come a great nation. And out of this nation, I will bless the, the, the entire planet, the entire world And and this was a foreshadowing of that Jesus was going to come from out of the nation of Israel, out of of Abraham's lineage. And God was going to bless the world through the nation of Israel. Israel were God's chosen people. And a lot of times, and we will read the Old Testament, and and Israel made the mistake of doing this too, kind of reading scripture in such a way that, uh, well, Israel is God's chosen people. He just liked them better than he liked the rest of the world. Like like you know God just had this thing for Israel, everybody else was wicked, everybody else was worshiping false gods, they were the only ones who worshiping the only true God, so they were his chosen people, and I guess you know lucky for them and unlucky for the rest of the world, and, you know that sort of thing but that's, it, that 's really uh, not an accurate way to view it that that god 's plan all along all throughout scripture when you read it, is that Israel would be the light to the world that god that Israel would be god 's tool to bring the entire world back to him. And when Israel turned from him and ceased to be that light, then God, then this is where all this judgment comes in. This is where all that judgment comes in. Ultimately, it's one of the reasons that we refer to Jesus as the light of the world. The light of the world, because out of Abraham's lineage, Jesus carried on and did what the nation of Israel could not do for themselves, be the light to the world point people back to God, be the perfect person. That's what, all, that's, again, that's where all the law comes in. Why, why, you know, they could not follow this all this law that God gave them, but guess who could? Jesus, Jesus. And as they failed to be this light to the world, then all this judgment happens. And so God, in looking at their religious practices, is just disgusted with it. Absolutely disgusted with it. Because it, why? Because he knows it's fake. You're coming in and, and into the temple. You're offering sacrifices. And I know your hearts. I know it doesn't mean anything to you. You're coming in with bloody hands. Bloody hands. You're not innocent at all. So your sacrifices are an abomination to me. And this is where he hits. Now, I, it's not that God, like, commanded them to do sacrifice, and then suddenly changed his mind and was like, I don't like sacrifice anymore. That's not what's happening. Again, as Jesus taught us often, God is way more interested in in the state of our heart than actually our actions. In fact, our actions should show the state of our heart. But God can see through the actions to our heart. And when he looks through our actions, even if they're religious actions, I mean, you know, these, these were people that were just looking at the letter of the law, trying to obey the letter of the law. God says we've got to sacrifice, so we're going to come and sacrifice and, and that sort of thing. Let me, let me compare it to it this way. Um, it would be like, imagine uh, an older parent with a, a couple of adult children. Um, uh, and th- these, these adult children, one of them... Um, love spending time with their parent. Love just loves you know make, coming around, making sure that they're taken care of and all their needs are met. Uh, you know, just checking on them. Why they love their, they love this parent? <coughs> excuse me. And they just they just feel the desire to to love them and care for them and, and, and you know just as, as a as a good child should with a, with an adult parent or a, an adult child should with a parent, i should say. The other child, though, uh, comes around uh, very rarely, ju- calls very rarely, um, you know, will make an appearance on a holiday, uh, but may go months and months and months without any kind of contact at all. Only contact and their motivation for contact, they, they would rather not come around at all. And their only motivation for any kind of contact with that parent or is, I want to do the bare minimum I can to not get cut out of the will. That's, that's, that's really all I want. I, I'm, I'm done with, you know, this, I'm, my mother, or my father, or whoever I, I'm, I'm, I've moved on. I'm beyond them. I walk in a different circle now, whatever, uh, whatever is the bare minimum I can do just to not get cut out of the inheritance, uh, then, then that's what I'll do. But if I could do less, I would do less. And that's the picture of religion. It's not that the sacrifice was wicked. It's not that the religious practices were wicked. It was the heart, the state of the heart of the person that was doing the, the religious activity. God knowing their heart and knowing that really all that they were doing. And, okay, so, so let's, here's the fast forward part. Let's fast forward to our day. What does this mean to us? Because we talk a lot about religion. And, and, and I have this fear that uh, religion has actually become too much of a dirty word in church. And, and because what has happened, because we've emphasized grace, and I'm, I'm not saying you, can, you cannot overemphasize grace. Grace is huge, okay? But we've emphasized grace and, and how God loves us, you know, no matter what and all this kind of stuff so much that now when we talk about religion, it's all about relationship and not religion, we have started calling some things religion that aren't really what religion is all about. So we'll, so we'll say things like, it's not about, it's not about good works, you don't have to have any good works in your life that's 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 just being religious no you can't re- can we just stop that for a second you cannot read the bible and not come away with the fact that there's some expectation of good works in our life that's so foolish and ridiculous that i mean you are like literally rewriting the bible if that's what you're taking away from it what about you know it's not about church attendance it's not about You know, um, I don't have to go to church. That's that's just all religion, organized religion, that sort of thing. No. Again, you can't read the New Testament and not come away with the fact that, in fact, it flat out says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, that this is important. You can't, you heard me say it all the time. Christianity is not a solo sport. We do this together as a family. We do this together as a church. That church is instrumental uh, um, um, absolutely critical In our spiritual walk you, you, I, I'm just going to say it You can disagree with me I really don't care You're just wrong But you cannot do faith Outside of church You cannot do and, and I'm not talking about The hour on Sunday I'm talking about The community of believers You cannot do faith Outside of church Outside of a church family Why? Why? Because we're not built that way. God didn't design this faith to be done that way. So, so coming to church is not religion. Coming to church is just part of being a believer. It's not, you know, well, you know, prayer, you know, we talk about prayer and reading your Bible all the time. That, that's, just, that's just all religion. No, that's how we communicate with God. That's how he communicates with us. What's so religious about that? What's so horrible about that? Well, you know, I, you know, everybody just talks about social justice today and feeding the poor, and there's no emphasis on gospel and that sort of thing. No, 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 no. Justice is part of the whole experience of being a follower of Jesus Christ, going out there and, and, and ministering to the poor and to the, to the orphan and to the widow and to those in need and to those who are desperate and those who have no voice and, and, and the abused. And that, that, is, that is part of what we're called to do. That's not religion. That's following Jesus. That's following Jesus. Religion in the kind of those dark overtones that that we kind of tend to emphasize it, again is go back to the illustration of the of the, the two adult kids and the parent. It's all about the state of your heart. If you approach your relationship with God or your relationship with religion as I don't know, I don't know if you've ever had this thought, but maybe you have, and and uh, if you've ever thought of, you know, it's been a little while since I'm in a church and family's starting to fall apart a little bit. We should probably get back in church. Um, uh, uh, you know, things aren't going so well right now. Uh, I may end up losing my job soon. I probably should start tithing again. Um, in other words, if you approach your faith in terms of I, I want to do whatever the bare minimum it is I can do to get the things I need to get from God. That's religion. That's religion. That's what God is railing on about in scripture. That's what Jesus came to set us free from. That is that idea of of whatever, again, the bare minimum I can do in my faith just to make sure I skate into heaven. Make sure I I don't want to miss heaven. Can I just say this? Don't miss this because this is important, okay? Jesus did not come to save you to go to heaven. Some of you, your whole religious view is, I'm doing this so I can go to heaven. Jesus didn't save you for heaven. Jesus saved you to join him in building his kingdom. And there's a huge, huge difference. That's, that's our, our first point, is that we need to quit self-centered religion and start kingdom building. We need to quit self-centered religion and start kingdom building. That that self-centered religion, in other words, what, what, the things I need to do to get what I need to get from God, that's, that's not about God, that's about you. It's not about glorifying God, it's about glorifying your situation. Quit that, walk away from that. And, and embrace this call that's on all every follower of Jesus Christ's life to help build the kingdom. Why do we want to go into the schools and do character training? Why do we want to uh, um, partner with um, um, the um, good grief at school? Uh, main prairie why do we want to partner with main prairie and and do some kingdom work down there why do we want to do projects around our city to make our city a more beautiful place why do we want to you know all this kind of stuff that we do uh, for dixon why do we partner with an orphanage in india why do we um you know all again all this stuff why because we're building the kingdom because The pattern of of the scripture is not just this this list of laws. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. That's not what it is. The pattern of scripture is, this is what the kingdom of God should look like. And I'm using you, I'm calling you into relationship with me for the purpose of helping to bring this kingdom about in this world. For that purpose. And yeah, do we get eternity someday? Absolutely but it's all part of the kingdom building that we're starting right now. We're bringing about that kingdom here. So our, the, the, why do I love Dixon? Why do I have such a vision? My vision for Dixon isn't, and you've heard me say this before, my vision for Dixon is not to have the biggest church in Dixon. That's such a small vision. That's such a small vision. If that's all we're shooting for, then shame on us. My vision for Dixon is that Dixon starts to resemble the kingdom of God. That's the vision. that that we are instrumental in transforming this community into a place that somehow uh, foreshadows the kingdom of God, that somehow begins to look like the kingdom of God, where uh, justice is a gospel issue, where helping the orphan and the widow is a gospel issue, and people are doing this, and, and God is glorified in the way that we behave and interact with each other, and the kingdom is foreshadowed right here in Dixon. We are kingdom builders. We're kingdom builders. If if I could challenge you to do one thing this morning, it would just be make up your mind to kind of put that mentality out of your head of, uh, you know, I'm kind of doing this whole church thing, kind of doing, you know, the the way that I volunteer and my giving and that sort of, it's all about, you know, I want to make sure I go to heaven one day. Like, like it's again, Christianity is not fire insurance. It's just not, that's not, that's not in the Bible. It's not fire insurance. When we follow Jesus, that's, why do you think Jesus in, in almost every one of his teachin, teachings, when, when, you know, he's trying to teach uh, his, uh, his followers what it looks like to follow him. And he prefaces almost every one of those teachings with what? The kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of God is like this. You want to follow me? We got kingdom building to do. We're going to transform this place in to look like the kingdom of God. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Now, how do we make that transformation, that, that transition from self-centered religion to kind of uh, uh, God's glory-focused, kingdom-focused faith? How do we make that, that transition? Um, I want to look ahead to the book of Romans, chapter 12. Romans 12, uh, verses 1 and 2. You guys have heard this before if you've been in church very long. All right. Paul says this. He says, I gotta do the old man thing, hold on. Okay. He says, "I, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to pres- get this part to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. We, we don't need to, we're not sacrificing our money. We're not sacrificing our time ultimately. We're not sacrificing, I mean, it, it, it's not, that's not the kind of things that God is calling us to sacrifice. Ultimately, what He wants is us. And when we sacrifice ourselves, when we present ourselves as a living sacrifice, Again, I love, that. I love that phrase, living sacrifice. God doesn't want that old death. He's not, he's not asking us to bring dead animals. He's not asking us to bring, you know, it, it's, it's a living. It's a vibrant sacrifice. Give me all that you got. Give me your best, right? Give me, give me the best that you have. And come alive and sacrifice that self, all your energy, all of your creativity, everything you have. Bring that to me as a sacrifice. And so he says... um, want to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect don't be conformed to this world but be transformed you want to know how to transition from that self-centered religion to something that looks more the way we've been called to in Christ Jesus, to be kingdom builders in this world, then quit thinking of uh, your sacrifice to God as, you know, an hour every Sunday, a little bit of prayer time, reading time, uh, you know, uh, 10% of my income, uh, a little volunteer time here and there. And it, like, like we have, I think we have this idea in our head that if we check off all those things, then we're golden right? Then I'm a good Christian. Well, I come to church every Sunday. I give money. I volunteer, uh, you know, whatever. I, I try to do some nice things in the community. I try not to punch my neighbor in the face. And so I'm a good Christian. I'm in, right? I got heaven because I do all of that. And instead, he, God's like, no, I don't want, I don't. I don't want these little segments, these little, you know, these little things, these little pips that you're giving me or or whatever. You know, I'm not interested in your sacrifice of an hour on Sunday. What I want is your life, is your life and the living part of it, the, the energetic part of it, the, uh, the life of you. Give me the best of you. Just pour, I mean, just go all in for me. Now, that's really easy to preach about, and it's a whole whole different different difficult thing to actually live out. I had a college professor who would always say that that the problem with living sacrifices is they keep jumping off the fire. (laughs) And that's true. Like, we all go through these phases where it's like, yeah, I'm all in, I'm all in, I'm all in. And then the heat gets turned up, and we're like, I'm a little bit in. You know, we kind of step back and, and, you know, whatever. When, when this whole faith thing begins to encroach too much on, you know, our, our, our other priorities in life. And God says, literally, I want you to take all those things that are important to you, all your own dreams and all your own priorities and all that kind of stuff. I want you to lay that, all that stuff to the side. I want you to embrace the dreams that I have for you. Give me your life. And this is the thing about, about God that is so beautiful. Because it sounds really scary to, for us to, like, give our lives up to God. Like, especially if you're a control freak. It sounds real. If I just looked at somebody right then, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> especially if you're a control freak. Um, it's really hard to just kind of turn yourself over to God and say, whatever. Like we talked about last week. I be a yes person before you know what the call is. Whatever you need me to do, God. Because we want to know the details. We want to know the details. We want to sign off, you know, everything. It's like when I joined the Army. I wanted to know as much about what I was getting into as, I, as possible. I want to know what my job was before I went and sign off and have it all squared away. And, and we want to know, we don't have everything lined up. We want to do some sort of contract with God. If you do this for me, then I'll do this for you, right? And that's not the way faith works. Faith is just kind of an all-in thing an all-in thing and as scary as that is the beautiful thing is that when we give our lives to god he gives us an even better life back now, that's not just something that would sound good on a coffee mug although it would and i should copyright that that's pretty good it's really and honestly true that when we submit ourselves to god and say god you know you know what my plans are. You know what my dreams are for me. Especially for you seniors that are getting ready to go out and you're, you're thinking about your future and that sort of thing. I, I can't challenge you enough on this kind of mentality. You know my dreams and my plans and my goals. But God, I want to make sure that those are your dreams and your plans and your goals for me. And they very well may be. It could be that God planted that in your heart because that's what, that's what he's got for you. But it also very well may be that you're heading down a path, not an evil path, but just a path that is not God's best for you. And when we kind of take all of our own stuff and hand it over to God and say, God, it's yours, my my future, my my decisions, my relationships, it's, it's all yours. You tell me which way to go, I'll go. You tell me who to go with, I'll go with them. Then when we submit our life to God, I promise you, He gives you a better life back. He gives you a better life back. He will. Not this is not everybody's story. It's just my story. I mean, you guys have heard me tell it before, but um, but my story goes that I had a certain plan and a certain dream for my life, and knew God was trying to call me to something different. Resisted, resisted, resisted until I couldn't sleep for a long, long time. And then finally just said, okay, God, if you would just let me sleep, I'll do whatever you want me to do. (laughs) And kind of turned my dreams over to him reluctantly, begrudgingly. And God handed me back something different and gave me a hundred times the joy about that thing that I had about my own dreams. That's, that's, That's just my story. That's not everybody's story. But I'm saying let's put aside this mentality of you know why do we come to church well because you know we want god to be happy with us and we want to go to heaven someday and why do we serve god because i want to go to heaven someday it's not about heaven it's not about about heaven it's about right here and right now serve god right here and right now you want to serve god in eternity serve him right now and quit kind of lumping in all this kind of good works as some sort of religion that 's again that 's just not religion that 's what we 're called to it 's not like us doing good works is not somehow anti gospel that 's so that 's just ignorant it 's just so i can't i can 't emphasize enough how ignorant that is it 's just plain ignorant like embrace good works embrace Being kind to your neighbors and embrace justice issues and embrace closeness to God and embrace church community and embrace all that stuff that you've been told is just religious activity. It's only religious activity if you're viewing that as your path to God. But if you are coming to God at the foot of the cross under the grace of Jesus Christ, that free gift of Him, not by any works you've done, uh, just because it's His gift through uh, through your faith, if you do that, then embrace the life. Quit being these Christians that are like, I'm going to make a decision to follow Christ, and then I'm going to surprise everybody by not looking like I follow Christ. It's just dumb. It's just dumb. Embrace the life. Embrace it. You have convinced yourself that somehow if I, if, I, if, I, if I become a more moral person, if I become a person who does good works, if I become a person who is committed to a church, uh, then that is like uh, religious chains on me. And I'm telling you, you are running away from the freedom that God has for you. You're running away from the freedom that he has for you. You get into this life and you embrace it all. And will you ever be perfect? No. But guess what? I'm going to try. I I know I'm not going to do it. But I'm going to try. I'm going to try to live the life that God is calling me to live. And that doesn't make me some, you know, legalistic. This is not about legalism. This is about being who god created you and called you to be and the more you run from that the more jacked up your life's going to be the more confused you're going to be some of you are walking around in your faith feeling like failures all the time feeling like you never live up to what god has called you to do and i'm saying for some of you not all of you but for some of you it's because you're not even trying it's because you're not even trying Because you've never, because you're, because you you have just tiptoed into the frying pan and stepped right back out. Present your body as a living sacrifice. God, you can have all of me. You can have my spiritual disciplines. You can have my time. You can have my money. You can have my morality. You can have all of it. You shape me into who you want me to be. And God, when I resist that, then keep me close. Do whatever it takes to keep me close. Let's be those kinds of people. You want to see, you wondering why transformation hasn't come to your life? It's because, for, for a lot of you, it's because you're just resisting it. You're just, stop resisting it. Stop resisting it. Give your, does this make sense? Thank you, Phil. I appreciate that. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> okay. I, I, I think I have one more statement there, and that is, uh, uh, oh, this is a pretty good statement. Okay. Uh, kingdom builders don't go to worship. Kingdom builders just live worship. Kingdom builders don't go to worship, we just live it. We just live it. It's, it's, worship is just how we live our lives. We, everything we do, every decision that we make, uh, the relationships that we're building, the strategic kind of gospel relationships that we're building, um, all of this kind of stuff, we're just living a life of worship to God. And So when we come to worship, it's not, it's not like this is our hour of worship for the week. It's just the hour that has a little music. But we're worshiping the rest of the week, too. Stop going to worship and start just living worship. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And uh, we thank you for your word to us, God. And thank you. uh, Well, first of all, uh, just forgive us. Forgive us for taking what is uh, good and right in your word and somehow, uh, through some sort of misguided thinking, turning it into something wrong. Wrong as if living right uh, is wrong. Um, so God, help us to embrace life in you. Help us to just place our lives in your hands. Forgive us when we, when we worship you selfishly, uh, when we view our worship of you, our service to you as some sort of means to an end. As if the goal is our own salvation, rather the goal being your glory. Um, So God, you know me. You know I'm not perfect. I'm not even close. Um, But I desire that my life would line up with your word. And so as I present myself to you, I trust your Holy Spirit to transform me into something that you need me to be. We want to be about building up your kingdom right here in this community in every way that we possibly can. God, that's our goal. And so I pray that you would would, uh, grant us this prayer that uh, through our service of you, through our worship of you, um, that Dixon would begin to look a little bit more like your kingdom. We trust you in all of this. and We just ask that you would deliver us from... Just the wrong thinking that Isaiah points out to us today. Deliver us from that. Help us to embrace, fully embrace life in you. We love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.